I'm so glad you're saying that, man, because like Omen and I have so many exciting opportunities in our life where we're like, yo, man, like if we didn't have this guest on the podcast, if we didn't have this conversation, right. XYZ wouldn't have happened. What What's like a moment in your life where because you've put yourself out there, like you've made content directly or indirectly something happened in your life that was essentially like it was a highlight it was life-changing it was like yo man like i'm so glad i'm doing this because this happened uh there's like there's been a lot to be honest i'm not gonna it's not bad saying that. uh there's been like a lot of cool things that have happened just from whether i whether it's from like brown ballers or in the lab or just my personal like where we put out stuff and like um hit them with even the email how you met dev Oh yeah. Oh shit. I mean, yeah. Okay. So like back in the day, like when I used to like, I used to probably just a little bit before you actually, but like we used to have Grizzlies basketball and Northern Alberta basketball. Like me and son used to run a lot of different programs out here, but like we were like at the peak, like we were the only ones doing stuff in basketball out here that I think like people like really mess with at that time. Yeah. Plus we're like two Brown guys. So it was like, it's never been done before in my opinion. Um, and this is when I didn't know dev. So I'll try to make this as short as I can. We had this basketball program. Everyone as a fan, everyone at this point in time is like watching YouTube. And you see this dude named Devin Williams, who's a basketball trainer. And he created this series called 10,000 Hours, where he takes these two Chinese kids, uh, Maddie, Kyle and Maddie, and he just trains them. And it's like something that was like mind-blowing at the time because like that had never been done before. This guy like is a nasty player. Like at that time, he was like shifty. Yeah. So, like you love watching him play. He's like train these two kids. And like you see these kids throw up, run sand dunes, like... You're seeing these kids actually go, and they're like five, five, six, five, eight. Like these kids should not be playing basketball. And you see him like take them and evolve them to the fact where they're getting like college offers. Do you want, like, you want to go play pro? Like, and those kids embodied all of us at that time. Cause we're small kids. We're, we're Asians. Like, you know, we're South Asians. Like we're just like, Oh, I see myself in him. Anyways, we invite, I send Dev this email. I'm like, Hey, um, no, we'd love to come. We'd love to bring you out to Edmonton, Alberta. We're going to pay you. Um, here's our video, uh, like our promo video that we made with Mo and Maz, which was like fire at the time. Like we made this crazy promo video about Edmonton basketball and us. Um, and Dev is like, um, I tell Dev this all the time. Like the reason me and him worked so well together is because like I can run everything around the company and he can be the face and do what he does best. So we both do what we do best. Um, but he doesn't answer emails, sometimes texts, phone calls. He's like that guy. It was like literally 35,000 emails. Like, so like, it's like that type of person. So. He said he had to watch an NBA game. His phone pops up and it says, come to Edmonton, Alberta. This is why subject lines are so important in emails. He told me like he didn't know what Edmonton, Alberta was. That's the only reason he swiped, happened to see the email and just opened it. And then because we had a really sick promo video, which is important why you brand yourself. And he was in, he took, he went to video school and stuff. He's like, this is fire. Let me hit these guys up. So then dev came out and like, I'm basically telling the story in the lab right now. I don't know if I should just keep going or not. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like, Dev comes out to Edmonton. Um, we run this, like, fire-ass camp with kids. I don't even... Were you at the first... Uh, yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember uh, he posted a video of me shooting out of it. Yes. Damn, that's crazy to think that about. That is crazy. <laughs> so, like, basically, you bring this trainer who, like, is basically still famous at the time. And you bring it to a city like Edmonton where that's never been done before. It draws demand, right? Entry. Parents loved it. Kids loved it. And he's, like, nasty. So he comes in, we run this camp. Through that weekend, we drank together. We watched anime together. We played video games together. We did all the stuff that you would do as boys. Uh, but I didn't I didn't know who this dude was. Um, so we built this really cool relationship. And then basically what happened is 
I'm going to just tell you guys the whole story now because we're too far to <laughs> finish the story. Um, is he goes back to LA. Uh, he lives, lives in the Bay at that time. I stay here. Just keep doing my thing. Keep freaking whatever, whatever. And I have this epiphany. I'm like, man, I'm like, I want, I want to be a basketball trainer, but I want to like travel and get paid to do it. How do you do that when you're like a, when, you know, I didn't play, I didn't play pro. I'm like, not that good, bro. Like I can play a pickup and stuff. I'm not a pro basketball player, right? Um, how do you do that? So I started like looking at stuff, figuring it out. Me and my boys at the time were going to Thailand. Me and four of my boys. I look up Thailand. I'm like, man, what if there's someone in Thailand? I Google Thailand basketball. There's a guy who played for the Lakers. Ike Nwanko was like 7'5". He started top flight basketball in Thailand. Mm. I'm like, okay. Find the Facebook. I hit him up. I'm like, hey, without telling Dev. I'm like, hey, like, nice to meet you guys. My name is Nav, blah, blah, blah. I'm a trainer in Canada. Me and Devin Williams, you know, would love to come out to Thailand and run a camp for you guys. We're actually going to be there at this time and, and these weeks. This is like three weeks later. Um, he hits me back like, hits me back the week before we're going basically. And he's like, we love Devin. Like we've watched all this stuff. We'd love to bring you guys out, pay your flight, pay your food, pay your hotels. And here's the cat. Like, sick. right. I'm like blown away, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is sick. a cold call of all cold calls, right? Yeah. Um, and Dev doesn't even know. So I immediately called Dev and I'm just like, I was like, yo, like, do you want to go to Thailand? And I didn't even tell him. I was like, you want to go to Thailand? And me, like, the, he just met all my boys. So like, we're all going. He's like, yeah, I'd love to. Like, when is it? I'm like, it's next week. And he's like, oh, she's like, you know, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but everything's covered, bro. And he was like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, I, just, I told him the story. I hit this guy up. He's going to pay everything. We're also going to get paid. So we go to Thailand and have like the most epic trip. bro. <laughs> <laughs> epic trip. Like we were there for two weeks with the boys. Like. We were doing all kind of, and we were like younger. We were doing all kind of stuff that time. Like we were drinking like crazy. We would like be hungover at a basketball camp, like training these kids. Just like, oh man, like all kind of stuff, right? We go, we meet these guys, run the camp, kill it. And then we spend an extra week and a half basically like just island hopping Thailand. And it was the first time I experienced like not what an entrepreneur was like, but just the fact of like, shit, man, like this could be something. And I dev saw it too because we were there like, and he had done some gigs um, but I think that was like the first big one where it's like, yo, we're traveling, all expenses paid, right? And then from there, basically, he goes back. I go back here. A couple months later, long story short, I decide to leave with Sonny and like we part ways. And then I was like, yo, like I told Dad, like I'm down to like sleep on a couch and do whatever we got to do. Let me come be your business partner and build this. Because like I just told him, I don't, I don't think what's happening right now is like the right move. Because like the thing you got to think about too is like we had this brand called In The Lab trademarked everywhere in the lab three words that everyone uses all the time all the big sports accounts all the nba nfl players they're like i'm in the lab lebron i'm in the lab everyone uses it i'm just like bro like we have like the potentially the greatest brand name of all time in sports no one really knows what nike means and adidas and all if you really think about it mm-hmm. under armor puma it's a cat like this is like a synonymous term with like putting work in on your craft so I go do the couch thing for two years. We sleep, I sleep on a couch, whatever, whatever. We start building things up. On the third year, we get a house. So we're starting to like grow the brand. And then we start, we spend three years in the house building everything from scratch. Shipping, clothing, meetings, content, everything would happen in the house. All the biggest creators would pull up to our house in LA. But we started like creating like that culture of like, yo, this is not just a basketball creator. Because there's creators in this brands, right? Mr. Beast is a creator and a brand. A lot of creators are just creators. So how do you bridge the gap of a creator and a brand that's like making a lot of money, making positive moves? You have your own shoes, you have all this stuff. Like, 
that's was the evolution of like what we were doing you know sorry that was a really long winded no no i think when uh when kenny was saying something life-changing that was the first thing that that kind of popped in mind and i think yeah, it's a no, story that's good you said that because that's like a great story that's a great plug-in bro wow seriously <laughs> i love every piece of that bro that was a movie bro right thailand somebody cop full party <laughs> 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 right wake yeah, up in the morning play ball yeah no for real man dude that's, that's cool. thank you for sharing that man right because no, i know a lot of people yeah. like and i could just see man like the you going back to that and like yeah. clearly like you love what you do man and i think it's important i think it's important to share your story again it was like beginning grassroots you know um i've had something i really wanted to ask you man um and if you don't mind it's a little personal related to business because it's something that even i'm kind of dealing with right now and trying to figure out uh two parts to it is firstly are you spending majority of your time when you're quote unquote in the lab and on the clock um, on what's making you the most amount of money? No. Okay, fair. Um, I'm going to ask why and, and what's kind of your mindset behind however much time you're spending on the thing that's going to make you the most, that, that kind of like, hey, I'm going to work on this, but it's long-term gain, Right. Uh, but it's, I need to be patient with it and kind of like that balance between all that. Because full transparency, man, right now I'm in that shift where I actually have to, and I've been saying no to some things that are going to make me a, a quick buck. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll be transparent. It's like I would rather right now not gain another client in personal training because that's an hour away from me building my dojo. And it's like all that behind the scenes stuff. Like one thing, man, that's on my agenda is build a damn poster and ad so I can put out and distribute. But I don't, I'm not making time for it because I'm too busy working kind of like on the business as opposed to around it. So yeah. what's your philosophy around that when you're choosing right now to actually majority of your time not spend on the thing that's going to make you the most right now? I think this is the hardest. This is what I keep saying. This is one of the hardest things about like what we're doing. So like right now I'm building two digital brands, right? In the lab and Brown Ballers. Um, both very different and, and unique in their nature and what they're trying to do. But within the lab, for example, it's like what we're doing, bro, like maybe I'm wrong and maybe you guys have a different opinion, which I'm curious to see. It's like there's no blueprint for building this type of brand. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Phil Knight has a book and whatever, Adidas may have a book and all that stuff. But like they didn't build brands like at this time, at this day and age, like with TikTok and all these, all these socials to utilize. Like no one knows how to do it. So the hardest thing for us has been adapting to the socials, the platforms, the algorithms, like how much content needs to be put out. But then also it's like, we're, we just like you was like, we get a lot of opportunities and it's just like, yeah, man, it's like sometimes you have to think about, okay, like, you know, you could get like this six figure thing here or like this very low uh, five figure one here. And it's like, okay, like short term versus long term, like, what do you want to do? And I'll give you an example. Like right now we're doing this show called The Lab Games. This is like this show right now is like the first time I'm fully producing, directing, leading a show that has a big budget. But on the flip side, it's like because I'm doing that the last two and a half months, a lot of the business has been like in flux. And and what I mean by that is like we haven't dropped apparel in three months and apparel is like our biggest moneymaker. You know, other things basically get left behind because we're still a small team. And that's like the struggle. And then with this show, it's like to answer your question, it's like. It's like t- trying to take that home run hit. It's like I feel so confident in what this show could be for basketball and the culture that I think we should go. I think I told my team I think we should we need to all go in on this. Everyone like believes in me and the vision. Let's go knock it out. 
And then at the end of seven weeks, when all seven episodes are done, let's you know, let's see if we can sell it. Because that's the whole goal is to like, can we sell? Can you see this show on Netflix? Like, you're a basketball guy, so I'm, I'm sure there's a basketball game show on Netflix. You'd watch it just as yeah. a fan or even as a sports fan. Like, the cool thing about the show is like, you don't have to watch basketball to like it. A lot of this stuff is like actually basketball's only in like two episodes, really, but people don't know that. So you're making this universal thing. So people are like, okay, let's let's buy in for this this uh, long term of this and see if it'll pay off for us. That's the hardest part, bro. I don't really answer your question, but it's so hard. No, it does, man. I like that because it just it reminds everyone else to recognize that when you believe in like a new project so badly, it is gonna put things off to the side, but the reward is gonna be so high after. And that's brilliant, man. That like it's it's. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that you're not just offering it to people um that don't just like basketball it's it's clever because you're like you know what i want to go beyond just the basketball audience yeah the biggest thing with like getting into producing and creating shows like you know to get on a netflix or amazon which we're learning now is like you can't just have a basketball show because steph and lebron aren't involved so no one's buying it that's just the fact of reality we had we've had the conversations oh like who's involved oh shit like well it's just us you know oh that's cool it's great but who's going on the thumbnail or who's giving the commentary behind or who's posting it? Steph and LeBron aren't posting it, so we can't like do it. So it's like you got that's why we have to go more universal. So now you start playing there's there's a teaser, like you know, we play a little soccer, play a little football, like we sprinkle in like an amazing amazing race concept in here. Like so we started to add all this other stuff to now it's a, a global sports game show. But the basketball it basketball players still competing in it, you know? So it's like you have to pivot also on the go. So that's the thing, right? Like on the topic of saying yes or no to some things, you recently, there are two projects were uh, in, a, in a way we're, yeah. we're working on together, which is really exciting is there's the sick games in London, yeah, right? And we're going to be going there this summer. Then there's the Universal Radio Network. Yeah. You know, these are two things you said yes to yeah. that perhaps, you know, you could have easily said no to. And that's time involvement. That's creativity. Yeah. That's energy that you're putting out there in. Um, just out of curiosity, what made you say yes to both of these things based off of kind of like your end game? I'm a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like for, Krom says that too. Like for real, bro. Like, I'm I think, like, I, I think yeah. you said the same thing, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I said Literally it. legit. What you just yeah. said, he said that too. I think we asked him the same question on, on a different episode. Wait, for real? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember it. Word for word. Yo, word for word. Just pull the clip up side by side. I'm a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sean Canungo said it too, actually, too. Yeah, because oh. like, yo, to, to, to be different in this space and to separate yourself. Here's the other thing. There's a lot of brown people in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So like, in, in a sense, like we're going to support and do stuff. But like, if I know my niche... And I know there's no other brown guy in that niche. I have to destroy everyone else in that niche because otherwise I can't be where I want to be. And I want to be successful. I'm not doing all this shit to just be a for fun. Yeah. Like that's for fun, but I want to be a killer, bro. Like I want to be known as like the person who puts Edmonton on, who's like a leader, who's doing content, who's building brands, who's like doing shit. No one's ever done because I'm also going to inspire the next generation. It's funny you say that, bro. And I feel like even us brown guys, we have that underdog but like we're 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 putting the under like ah oh, these guys whatever For right sure. like they're like whatever so we have to work twice as hard I feel like to get this almost that same recognition yeah. in the space that we're in like I feel like even that as as a rapper bro what uh, what other brown rapper other than Nav that you know has made it right and is like putting on for brown people in general yeah so i have to work twice as hard i have to make sure my lyrics my delivery my videos everything has to be that much better yep. so that 
I I can't just be fucking mumble rapping out here and and trying to make it. I I that's personally just how my mentality is. Like if I'm in this space, I gotta fucking destroy it. Yeah. Lyrically, delivery, videos, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds like cliche what I'm gonna say, but like you know I used to always say this when I was younger, like YOLO. <laughs> so maybe I should like yeah. digress it or break it down as you get older. Like bro, like people are really stupid because like you only live once. So like for me, it's like I'm not competing with anyone. First of all. Like, no one's competing with me. Because, like, if you don't have that mentality, a lot, it's going to affect you, first of all. But secondly, it's like, if I wake up every day and I'm just chilling or, like, I know people watch Netflix, like, 10 hours a day. Yeah, Or show comes out and they binge it. No disrespect to anyone. Hey, man, watch watch the lab games. (laughs) (laughs) All 10 episodes. It's like, for me, and this is why I say, like, I'm psychopaths. Like, I have a lot going on right now. But, like, I can manage it because I time box. I know how to organize myself. I know how to get shit done. I also, like know how to like when something's in front of me to get it done like there's no procrastination involved it's like here's my task it's, it's gonna get done that takes reps that takes years of discipline that takes like an understanding of knowing who you are at the core right so that stuff like man that stuff all has and helps but it's like i see people all the time like complaining or like going to do their nine to five or like yo i just binge this whole show um it just came out yesterday you watched eight episodes that's eight hours you didn't go to like I that's not confusing me. I'm not hating on anyone. Cause I well, I've been shows. I take my time off and relax too. But for me, that why I call myself a psychopath is like every day I try to stack as many wins as I can. My first one is always like making my bed. Right? Then it's like a shower, then it's whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's like you have a win, and every email is a win. Every text is a win. Every video I make is a win. So throughout my day, I'm getting way more wins than all you guys, just because like I've wired myself to think that way. I think that's mm-hmm. like a big battle. You you guys are athletes. Like you guys know, like rapper, like you know, like you have to stack that shit because at 2 p.m. you might just be like defeated, bro. Fuck. Like, did I like do anything today? No, I did because like I, throughout my whole day, I already stacked like 10 different things. Man, you should start your own consulting firm, bro. <laughs> like we got to add that in, man, right? Like Nav Consulting and Associates. I'll, bro, I'll be your associate. Bro. No, legit, it's fire. I just hope people at this point pause this shit and be like, I'm going to go get my fucking W, buddy. Like, holy buckets, bro. Like, this is nice. But real talk, man. Thank you. Thank you for like being honest and, and showing the mindset and like the orchestration behind the madness man because i think everyone's wired differently everyone yeah. you know has, has a certain like reason behind why they tick that way yeah you know and i think that's that's so important man like you, if you don't mind i don't i'm not gonna say i'm calling you out on this but i'm actually genuinely curious yeah. in our pre-call we were talking about how you know putting edmonton on the map and you're like you said something along the lines of man if i'm still in edmonton i haven't made it yet right I used to think that way, but now I'm a little bit more like, hey, like, I'll make it and I'll still be in my hometown. Did I read that wrong or were you genuinely like, yo, man, I'm ready to get the hell out of nah, here? It's, it's like half and half. So that mm-hmm. was my original mentality. Fair. Um, I moved to LA, for, lived there for four years. That changed my life. It's, so if you guys have been to LA, you would just know if you live there, it's going to change your life and change your perspective. So first thing I'll say is like, if you have an opportunity to leave Edmonton to go for school, or something you should because I think people who are staying empty and become too sheltered, too comfortable, and then you never grow. You're just stuck. And that's like the scariest. That was always the scariest thing for me, like living in Edmonton, as I got to see people within my circle or family. It's like I went to L.A. for five years. And you know what happened when I came back five years later? 
Same nothing, shit. Nothing, nothing happened. Nothing happened, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. LRT coming soon. Yeah. Like, nothing happened. In the city, the people, and like, it's no knock on anything. I love Edmonton. I'm going to live here. Like, no, I'm married now. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to open an office soon, like a content space. Like, I'm really like putting like my roots down here to be like, okay, like I've set these brands up digitally. I have freedom to travel whenever I want, but it's like a hybrid for me, right? It's like, even though I'm settling here, I can still go to LA or I can go to India or go to wherever because all these things, or go to London for the sick games because all this stuff's happening, but I'm going to come back. But the most important thing is I left for a week or two weeks or a month to refresh my brain, to meet other people, to see what people who are millionaires or like killing it are doing, pick their brains, and I come back. And then it's, even though it's the same shit over here, at least I've brought my knowledge back here and my mindset has evolved and grown. You know what I mean? Man, I love that. That's so true. That's one of the biggest reasons why I love competing internationally. It's like not only am I going to see what competition is like outside my city, I'm going to be against the best against the world, but then whoop, yeah. I'm in a different city. Yeah. Like I'm able to now talk to other people, see how they're wired, bring that shit back, right? So that's wicked, man. Um, by the way, hold up. I know you guys, um, hold that thought, brother. You guys can keep talking. Right, but I actually have to excuse myself. So you guys keep it rolling. I gotta at Brave, I gotta go just around the corner. I gotta teach my kids class, so I gotta prep for that. But Nav, it's been real, brother. Appreciate we'll it. We'll see bro. you in London, man. Yes, sir. We'll also see you in the meeting on Monday yeah. with Turn Radio. So <laughs> we got we, This guy's like No it's see you on the bro. plane, bro. <laughs> I haven't bro, I haven't seen Nav all my life, bro. I've been like a fan on media and I've been seeing him three times this week. Like what do I owe the pleasure, bro? But uh thank you for keeping it real, man. This was so good. Like this is a dream come true having you on, man. Like we we waited four years. We said we'll get big enough where Nav will say yes to come on the podcast. <laughs> so much gas, right? <laughs> but thank you, brother, for keeping it real. I'll leave you guys to it. All right, and uh, you guys have a great day. Uh, but we're gonna keep it rolling. Hey, bro. Thanks. Thanks for talking content with us. Bro, I know. You sucked me in, bro. I had so many other hot topics, bro. You know, I had like you talking about being brown, but don't worry. Next time, right? Part two. two part two. We'll run it back. Sounds good. You have the honor, bro. Thanks, bro. There it is. Yeah, I'm good to keep chopping up if you guys want to. It's really up to you. Yeah. Yeah, just going back to that topic, I think, uh, uh, I think even, um, you know, just travel obviously helps you outside of that bubble. But I think also um, there's like a sense of urgency that you need as a creative, I think. And I think that's not there for 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 a lot of creatives mm -hmm. i think a lot of guys um fantasize about being in the the space because it's easy to look at the lights it's easy to look at a guy like devin or yeah. guys like on youtube mr beast and all these things and, and look at that shiny gold nugget and be like oh i want that that's dope millions of views brand deals you know joe rogan podcast 150 million deal 100 million dollar deal yeah. it's easy to look at that and say oh fuck i want that and um but that that level of urgency of actually putting out content, the strategy, the layers, the the hashtags, the reels, the different formats, like yeah. it's so much more than just that. And it doesn't start that way. And I feel like when I started, it was like, I need to get this shit out there. I need to find a fi figure out a way to make this music video or make this song and come up with systems that actually make sense that I can put out content consistently with the limited resources that I have. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I feel like a lot of guys, and especially young guys that I work with too, like artists and, and photographers, videographers, 
that level of urgency isn't there. Like they don't have that like, oh, I got to make my website the best. I got to make my social media the best. I got to post consistently. I got to, you know, um, I feel like that's just missing um, in, in that space. I totally agree with you. Yeah. But it's like, again, it's like, it's almost like a loss for them and a win, a win for individuals like us because we are doing it. Yeah. And it's crazy as it sounds like, you know, it's just their loss. Yeah. You know? But I, I also see it kind of like, um, like we've been in positions where we've like stayed up all night, f- figure out different ways. Even Ramadan, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, man, we, right? we had some good good times during that. We had uh, we would like break bread together, yep. train together, film. The whole day would just be kind of like spent doing shit, and then go even going to like, do we? Why did we go to that soccer game that one time? I just remember during we Ramadan. Some random stuff, bro. Yeah, but it was like uh, we fit everything in. And it hurt us if shit didn't get done. Yeah. So it was yeah. like there's pain behind it. Yeah. And I think that always kind of moved it forward. Sometimes when I see like a lot of the people that want to do it, they want they're they're mad that they don't have a shortcut because they they want the end goal, but they don't have uh like for me, I I learned Lightroom, Premiere Pro, After Effects, Photoshop, all those things because it hurt me not to have good stuff out there, and. All those reps over time, like a lot of people, even uh, when Micah flew me down, he's like, who's your team? Right. I was like, I was like me, <laughs> like who films, who who does the editing? I was like me. He was like, who does the After Effects graphics? But it was because it hurt so bad that I was like, I need to to find a way. And my mom used to even say all the time, what are you doing? Because she'd come down uh, to pray at like, say, 3, 4 a.m. And I'd still be on the same computer table. Like my eyes feel like they're bloodshot red. And she's like, there's no point editing a one minute video for three days. I remember her saying that. That was the same video that Micah ended up seeing and was like, you know, this is dope. Are you able to do this and this and this? We'd fly you down. So I think it hurt bad enough where I was like, I want to be out of the position that I'm in. And I don't think a lot of people have enough of that hurt to be that psychopath. That's a a good story, bro. That's a fact, though. Great stories are timeless. To be a great storyteller, one must bridge the gap between an alluring narrative and the audience, to pull with the heartstrings, and to shape the imagination. At Q Films Media, we're more than just a media production agency. We are a powerhouse of creative individuals, content creators, who specialize in telling great stories. Stories that are intimate and kept closest to the heart. Stories that are powerful and inspiring, that spark boldness and action. We are Q Films Media. We're here to tell your story. We are always unseen. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, Nav, what's, uh, uh, you know, for you, obviously, with, with, with everything you're doing, what, what does the next few years look like for you? What's the, what's the, what's the, what's, what's the next, you know, five years look like? I don't know is the short answer. Yeah. Um, just to be like completely honest, because I just don't know. I don't know where in the lab is going to be tomorrow. I don't know where Brown Ballers is tomorrow. Um, I do consulting for like clients, like the Harlem Globetrotters and stuff. Like, I don't know. If, where they're going to be tomorrow, what they're going to want to do, 
or they don't want to fly me to a shoot in like some random city um trying to help my wife build her like physio clinics um got the radio show then we got a podcast and like i want to be on tv one day absolutely so like, i feel like i have like things that i want to hit like i love to have like my own like spot on a show like an actual tv show or like a tv streaming spot of like sports or like shooting this shit with homies where i can bring people in and like just do this um but i don't know man like i, I definitely think it's like a mixture of like my personal goals and then what i want for the brands like can in the lap have a netflix show can brown ballers collab with like fucking Diljito sound you know what i mean like yeah i have like these other brand goals too it's like every day is an anomaly in the mm. space that yeah. we're in which makes it tough even even being like younger i think that's like the beauty in it now because i don't think we've always or i don't know if you've always had that mindset i didn't i'd i'd wanted something concise before where now it's almost like you know shit changes day yeah. by day yeah just enjoy it and it's almost like you're talking about being a psychopath um i i feel the same way because like i'll do shit that i just know other people when for example i bought a assault bike kb kb yeah, has a crazy. has an assault bike and i was like bro this would be so convenient if i had one at the house he said convenient <laughs> convenient you think this shit is convenient and he started hysterically laughing i was like no bro like it would be convenient because I needed like after competition ends, I needed something to to push me mentally. Yeah. And when my feelings say don't do this shit, I find a way to still do it. So uh, I bought a assault bike to feel um, to feel like how can I push that work ethic harder and harder? And like you were saying, competing um, with yourself and taking it one step further and being that psychopath. Um, I think having even something like the assault bike for me, I wanted to have that. So I'm. I'm focused on building more winning every day and not knowing what the future holds. Because if I focus too much on the future, then I'm not doing the present simple cliche thing. But as simple as it sounds, I start my day off with 45 minutes on the salt bike because if I, if I do that, I've already had the biggest challenge of my day that I could possibly have. And then the rest of the day continues. And over time, I think like the people that end up becoming psychopaths and doing a whole lot of things are the ones that are able to withstand more stress. And like you were saying, like you can put anything in front of you. You know that this is the task. The task is going to get done. Yeah. Yeah, that's facts, bro. You are crazy for doing the assault bike. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> Not wrong. You got to hop on it. I've tried it we've done. Uh, we've done, me and Nav have done our fair share of crazy workouts Workout, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, dude. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's dope. Um, what else we got? What else we got? What, anything you want to ask Nav or any any topics you want to switch up before we maybe um, another 10, 10 minutes and we wrap it up? What? What's uh? What, what's your What's your YouTube search look looking like? Oh, this is the Sean Canuvo question. Oh no, is that? I had no idea. Oh yes. no, no. Uh, my YouTube search is like is like Mr. Beast, Colin, and Samir. Um. Iraq. it's like it's like big youtubers and mm -hmm. like seeing what seeing what's going on um looking at thumbnails thumbnail theory has been like a big thing for me in the last mm -hmm. little bit is like you're competing not only with the creators and the videos and what they're doing but you're competing with thumbnails because now on the page there's like 30 yeah which one is catching your eye there's like so much co there's color theory there's like yeah. all this stuff go that goes into it so it's and mkbhd it's just like it's just yeah. seeing what these creators are doing in the space yeah I love that. Yeah, we we <laughs> you know, Karam and I are the same way. We 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 definitely get 
so deep into the the algorithms, the hashtags, yeah. what thumbnail is gonna work, how the length, you know, and that's something that I've 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 started to do, especially with these pods, is just chop them up into 20, 20 minute segments because I'm like, bro, yeah. like this shit's not getting enough love. Especially like we'll have like we'll be warm warmed up in this conversation an hour in, yeah. and it's like all the gems are coming out in the last like. 15 20 minutes of this episode yeah. but it's not getting that recognition or love Absolutely, so yeah. let's chop it up let's change the strategy let's see what other other what other um creators are doing yeah. um yeah. it's important to be able to adapt you know and yeah. take a pivot and change like that's part of being a creator man yeah. how fast can you do it and you're you're talking about even moving quite or like traveling and experiencing la i think that's like one of those things that living in a place like abu dhabi growing up i was able to see a lot more than what Edmonton had to offer, exactly. right? So when I came to Edmonton, I was like, I loved Edmonton. In fact, I was waiting for a spot to call home because you, when you're always moving, I'm like, Stop. people are like, where are you from? I'm like, I don't fuck, I don't know, right? So Edmonton was nice, but then having the perspectives from the outside always made me feel like, I remember even uh, one of my bosses at Sportcheck saying, you know, Krum, if you don't do this, you're not gonna be a manager one day. I was like. I was like, no offense to if you're trying to be a manager, but I've lived in Abu Dhabi. I don't think I was going to move all this way to be, to end up finishing my life as a manager. Right. So like in my mind, I always wanted to build and create and do certain things, but having that outside perspective definitely made a huge impact. I got a different question that I hope doesn't open up a 50 minute can of worms. Um, I remember you were into NFTs and crypto once upon a time. Are you yeah. still into that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still there. I still fully believe in like what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's just like anything else. Like oh, the whole world has crashed, right? Yeah. Um, you just have to like know what you're doing. You have to. The biggest thing about something like that, Web three crypto, is like sounds like a scam. Ninety nine percent of the stuff is a scam. Like, but if you don't immerse yourself in it now or ahead of them, you're going to miss the boat. So I immersed myself into two years during COVID, met everyone doing every single project, lost money, made money in NBA Top Shot. I was there for everything. Mm-hmm. I, I was there. I was about to buy a board Ape. Like I'm on the website. Just like, no, I'm not going to buy it. And you saw what happened with board Apes. I could have been a millionaire just based off a, a picture of an image. Like I was there for all that stuff. So I'm, I'm happy to immerse myself. Mm-hmm. And like Web3 will be a part of everyone's life in the next five to 10 years. NFTs will completely change how ticketing is work around but, sports events. And do you think that's because of utility? Because a lot of people don't yes. really understand what crypto is. Yes. And I've ex- tried explaining it to friends, family. Um, but I agree with you on that same note, because I think there's a lot of utility and integration that people don't really understand. So to them, they, they see, oh, somebody made a coin and they are trying to make it currency. Yeah. Right. But really, it's solving real day to day problems that people aren't going to even they're going to end up using it without even knowing that they're using it. It, it that's that's exactly how it's going to happen it's like I, I, i'll say this too is like look i know most of it's scams so i'm not trying to like yeah, the, tell anyone to do anything yeah. it's just like think about bitcoin or ethereum right it's like i can literally like send it to you right now no middleman it's a sunday if all the banks are closed by the way right i know there's e-transfer and stuff that's fine but like i can send it in like two seconds to you no one has to like do anything or see anything i'm basically going to pay almost no fees on it like, you know, you, there's everything's just taken out. The middleman's taken out. And that's why, like, regulation will come to the banks because, mm-hmm. like, they're not controlling it. So they have to have their hand in it. Otherwise, we're all going to run wild and have fun. And then for NFTs, like, utility is what it's all about. 
Imagine now I go, I buy an NFT for this NBA game. Okay, that's my ticket access. Okay, now that I have this, I get access to the VIP, uh, the VIP thing. Okay, now I also get this special moment that happened in the game, this crazy dunk, all sent to me, by the way, while the phone's in my pocket, I'm not doing anything. And after, let's say a year later, because Kobe dropped 80 that day, oh, whoever has his NFT gets to come back for a free ticket on this game. Mm. And like you didn't have to do anything because the utility was already all built in. You're just holding it. And if you want to sell it, you want to pay a thousand, I'll just sell it to you. Here, give me a thousand and we'll sell it all on with no middleman, nothing on the yeah. That's just yeah. a small, you know, small glimpse. glimpse yeah. It's, it's crazy, wild. bro, the yeah. technology that's coming. Like, it's going to change so much. Even like with AI, we talked about that. Like, yeah. people don't understand Jet, Chat GPT yet. Yeah. It's doing some crazy stuff right now. It's coding websites and doing all this, taking law exams and passing it. (laughs) It, it, It's not. It's like scary and it's nuts. But again, it's like now we have to go into a new stage of discovery as brands. It's like, okay, AI is coming out. There's these crazy AI model tools where I can upload a picture of my T and then Mm -hmm. put it on a model that looks literally like a real person. It's all done by AI. Okay, so I just cut out my model cost. I just cut out my photography cost. Um, I need uh, to write store captions for my products. KJTPT, please write these product descriptions for me. Two seconds, done. You know what I mean? It's like, Not good enough. Make it more descriptive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Done. It's like Crazy. all this stuff. Is, and you have to be able to adapt because, again, there's already a million people doing it. And the people are making businesses off it already and making yeah. money. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> how do you be a brand that's, if, if that's going to be a pivot for us, I got to dive in now. And it, um, I always call me and Deb like mad scientists. Like, Something I've never been afraid to do is experiment and fail and, and take risks. We've failed a lot. I've done stuff where we've lost like 50, 60K. And like he doesn't blink an eye and I didn't blink an eye because I was like, damn, like, I thought that was going to work. It didn't. Let's rethink it. Do it again. Let's make 10X or whatever the case is on it. But you just yeah. move on from the loss. You know what I mean? So like we're scientists in the lab experimenting with NFTs and crypto and like AI and what's coming next and our clothing and our shoes because like you just don't know. So if you're not experimenting and learning, like how can you get ahead, you know? No, I, I agree with that. I think there is definitely a level of uh, experimentation, especially if you're the visionaries of your company or your brand. Uh, I think definitely there is definitely a need for experimentation, trying these different AIs, trying NFTs, trying whatever, yeah. whatever that is. I think there's also uh, the flip side of that is there needs to be a level of focus in your brand and business mm-hmm. in terms of where you want to go. Um, because you know you can't do everything yourself if you have a team in place like um uh there's an example uh, alex Ramosi. i don't know if you know the youtuber alex Ramosi. he talked about um how he tried to get his team to do uh to use ai or come up with a different way to replace themselves right so he's got his accounting department he's got his hr he's got his editors his photographers he's like all right i want you guys to take you know, I don't know if it was a few weeks or a week or whatever, and just stop doing the same things that you're doing and try to find way, other ways of um, doing it automatically or finding AI to do it. And it was so interesting because he experimented. He used that model of like taking that time, spending that money for his team to come up with a different way. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm sure he spent a lot of money on getting these guys to do for sure. that. But, um, But I feel like, at the same time, there is that level of like, all right, I have to, at a certain point in your business, you have to be, you know, narrow focused and, and trying to get to that next rung because it's easy to to fall off the course and and, and try a million different things. Yep. 
but from a creative brand marketing um, experimentation standpoint, a guy like you should do that, right? A yep. creatives like us should do that. Yep. Um, but if we have some ducks in line already so that we're still kind of functioning on a day to day, because I know guys who will try something for two years and then, oh, no, no this brand business didn't work. All right, let, let me try this. Now they're doing something else. something else. And then yeah. two years. And you haven't really built anything yeah. over four or five years. Time, yeah. You haven't given it time to see the fruits of your labor because yeah. it's like, oh, I tried the podcast two years. It didn't work. All right, let me try something else. Let me try reels now. Let me try TikToks, bro, to try to get attention. Yeah. It's like, bro, you didn't give that. You didn't give your podcast enough time. Yeah. Right. You didn't you didn't you didn't let it run. Um, so, yeah, I feel like there there definitely is that that kind of balance. Just adding to that, like guys like Joe Rogan. Mr. Beast, like they were creating content for like 12 to 15 years before Joe. I think Joe was doing like 10 plus years at least yeah. before he got the $100 million. Deal. Exactly. But people don't see that. No. Oh, Joe. Because he he really popped off. Uh, was it COVID or after COVID? I think it was during COVID. He was going crazy. Like it everyone, was. His yeah. shit was everywhere. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, he just started. Yeah. He just started yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. And in two years, he got a $100 million deal. Like, yeah. yeah. But they're not seeing the grind of like, yo, some of these people have been. If they saw his webcam. That he first started yeah. off with, right? Yeah. You, it's just it's just crazy because like, obviously everyone has different perspectives, but like you, you a lot of people only seeing what they see mm-hmm. online. So what if if I see someone online, I'm taking that and I'm running with it because that's I'm not taking most people aren't taking the time to go back further or go see his history or go see what they've done. They're just like, this is it. That's success. He did it in a year or whatever. Okay, I, I can do that in the same year, but that's not how it works. It, it's funny, even like Gary V. I used to follow Gary V. years ago um, when his stuff was popping off everywhere too. <laughs> he was crazy. And there's this one video that I really love. And a shout out to his editor because I don't know how he did it. Uh, but it's basically like a motivational video. It's like five or six minutes long. And he's talking about his journey of like, um, it's not overnight success. Mm-hmm. But while he's talking and it, it's showing clips on the right-hand side, of his uh wine show so it oh, shows when he first started yeah. what he showed it shows like uh, it just shows like it like two seconds so it, sh- it shows a little clip of his first second third and as the video is going the numbers the number of shows it just keeps going up on the right hand corner it's fucking crazy man because by the end of this video it's like past a thousand episodes and he's talking about oh, I won't, I won't, people only see the last 12 months of what i've done but on the on the right hand corner it's showing see so much. The, every yeah. single video yeah so i'm like bro shout out to his editor for having to go through a thousand like, videos those, yeah to, to clip that that's nuts bro. right and he's like bro people think that i'm just making it out here it's like bro they don't see yeah. go back to wine library tv number one exactly go to episode number one bro because yeah. it's been a decade since i've been doing this shit and nobody's yeah. seen that yeah. that's a that's the other crazy part is like uh robert green in the book mastery talks about how it, it how long it takes to get to mastery, right? Mm-hmm. If you're two years in and you just quit, how are you, how are you even going to be innovative and think those crazy thoughts that are disruptive, game-changing, yep. without even actually staying in the game long enough? Um, and I think that's, that's like one of the, the biggest keys that most people, I, I feel like I've been trapped in my own head for, for, for long enough, right? But at the same time, like I've always loved what I've been doing and I've always been growing uh, internally, what I've been doing, refining, um, adapting, pivoting, changing. And had, if, if I just chose to stop at a certain point, shit, wouldn't, I wouldn't even be thinking the thoughts that I'm thinking right now. It gives me the freedom to be able to start thinking, okay, well, I 
now I know how, how to do things without having to think about them. And when, when you can get to that level, if you're still creating podcasts and doing all those things where you're thinking you have a timeline of two years, um, or like each video is gonna go viral, this is gonna be the viral one, this is gonna be the viral one. Yep. Now I kind of I have like a reverse approach of creating my own contract for myself, having deliverables that I would write down. And if I was to execute this game plan, I would get paid by somebody $100,000, whatever it is, right? But if I'm getting paid this much value, what are my deliverables? And if I can execute those, have say 52 videos in the year, now I'm actually able to, to see some form of success and or even consistency, right? I think the, the craziest part is the, the amount of shit talking that happens early on to, to a lot of people is it's like, why would, why would you do that? I'm like, bro, you haven't even seen what the fuck they've done, right? They're just getting started. Like, and especially in, in a day and age of TikTok and virality, you expect somebody to be an overnight success, especially Daisy culture. Oh, you're, uh, why hasn't it gone big yet? Yeah, yeah that's, that's facts, bro. Even with like brown ballers, like, you know, like we're building something that, we're building something that I think like we all probably would have liked yeah. growing up. Like that would have been cool to be featured on there. And Absolutely. Um, but on top of that, it's like, it's something that's never been done before. It's like, we're getting those comments already. Oh, only 10,000. <laughs> you know, oh, like this and that. It's like, oh, this video only got 6,000. Yeah. Times. Oh, only 300 likes. In my head, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, it's crazy. Cause like, I know, I know the people that are saying that. Obviously, I don't know them personally, but I know that's like, they don't know what's happening. Yeah. They don't get it. They're mm. just like some of those, you know, those people that are just hating for no reason because they just feel like they need to or some point to make themselves feel better. Yeah. But it's like crazy. It's like, I just go back to like the why. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, why why is that happening when you're trying to do something that's like impactful? Positive, yeah. And, and positive. And, but there's, I said someone else says this is always going to be hate, bro. It's always going to be it's hate. Always. I, I was a believer and I was naive when I was younger. I was a believer that if you're just really good, <laughs> like a good person, shit won't come around. Like you'll get treated how you treat others because that's what, what I just always heard. But like you said, there's um, there's access to people like bums have access to millionaire people's mindsets now, right? And having that access allows them to also hate on people that much easier. Mm -hmm. Whereas like in this room, we have like-minded people. Like outside of this room, the same haters just probably won't be in, in the same room with us. So like now how I see it online is when I'm getting hate or if I'm getting hate, then would they even be sitting in the same room as me? Fuck no. So if they're not, fuck out of here with that dumbass shit, right? Fuck out of here with that dumbass shit. Yeah. No, no, but I think I, I think you know that that it it comes from a standpoint of obviously insecurity, but at the same time, it's like they're not doing what we're doing. So it's 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 easy to look from the outside and be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? You know what I mean? Especially in the in the public space, in the public realm of social media, right? Because now you take a look at, we. someone can watch a three second video of you now and be like, man, you said maybe yeah. something that maybe not mm -hmm. aligned with exactly. them. Yeah. And then they hate you. They'd be like, oh, that's this guy's, it. that's it. Yeah. They don't even look at any anything else, yeah. right? But on the flip side, so you could say something that someone really messes with. And then they go into the rabbit hole of like then going into go, your YouTube yeah, channel, yeah. your Instagram. Yeah. They start looking at your links because I've done that. Yeah, I've done that with the creators and people that I Absolutely. love. And you're like, oh man, this, this this is a dope video. Okay, now go back. Yeah, 
now go back, now go back. And all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit. Perfect example is a guy like Russ, uh, artist, rapper. I listened to one song, I was like, oh man, I, I, I like this. And then all of a sudden, you go back and you're like, holy shit, he has got 10 mixtapes, bro. He's been doing that. He's been in it. And now I love him even more. Mm -hmm. He's still independent, right? He's independent, yeah. yeah. It's and it's, that's the cool thing is like think of us five years from now, yeah. six years from now, and all this content we're building. There's gonna be one or two, three, five, ten, hundred thousand people that look back and be like, "Damn, remember when Nav was on the second floor, bro? Oh yeah. man, I love that conversation." Exactly. Right, and back then he was only here. Yeah. Right, and that's the cool thing that I think mm -hmm. about is like, man one day we're going to have an audience that's going to really mess with us. They're going to come back and be like, yo, I really love that song, Cashes, that you dropped in 2009, 2010. It's like, what? Yeah. What? You're going back. You're going all the way back, which is kind of cool. So, I don't know. I think there's no, no greater thing to see or witness than growth. Like, even, like, our favorite basketball players, favorite yeah. brands, favorite anything. Like, just seeing that growth. Even how you were talking about Russ, this guy tried putting me on Russ for a minute. <laughs> Right, and I was I love Nipsey Hussle, Lil Wayne, and like different. Um, and he kept on playing. I was like, bro, fuck out of here, right? I didn't like his rapping nearly as much um, as other rappers. Then all of a sudden, I heard the song "Pull the Trigger" or uh, "Psycho Part 2. I'm like, who's singing this hook, right? And he said, oh, that's him. <laughs> so then I started appreciating the the versatility. Yeah. And once I started appreciating the versatility, and I was like. I want to hear what he's saying in these bars now, right? And then I went back to his raps, and now I started loving his raps too. So it was like a crazy full circle moment where, yeah. like you were talking, or you guys are talking about, where you could have the same content that somebody hates or loves, but then all it takes is one to pull you in to dive dive deep into like the archive of your content. He also said that he, um, if he didn't have thousands or hundreds of songs, it makes it really hard for fans. To become fans that's facts yeah that's what i was just gonna say is like how often how much do you have to put out in order to to have people that really truly mess with your stuff yeah. like it takes so much and and that's a, that's a cool thing because once you have that fan they're, they're by your side they're they, it, so it doesn't matter if you drop merch doesn't matter if you drop yeah. music doesn't matter if you drop movies doesn't matter if you drop podcasts they're Yep. They're usually gonna f fuck with everything, you know. Russ drops a book, you're gonna buy that book. Mm -hmm. Russ drops, you know what I'm saying? So it's that, that's the cool thing. It's like if Mr. Beast creates a new business, you're gonna take a look, and you're probably gonna purchase something from yeah. that business. 100%. Why? Because you've 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 been watching him. You've yeah. been you're you're you've you've shifted your mindset from I don't really mess with this guy to man. I love this guy. Like I love who he is and what he's about. Even even when we were walking in, me and Nav came in at the same time, and I was like, bro, I feel like I've seen you for time right mm -hmm. but when i thought about it, it's like i don't really see him that much i've i've seen him a lot uh in previous years but in the last maybe four or five years very i could count it a handful yeah, of times probably, yeah. but i was like man I, I feel like i see you all the time on in person and the fact that we've had uh, a friendship prior to that it allowed me to be like i still feel like i'm seeing him yeah. so the same thing same way as you're talking about content it made me think about like it makes me, I think about this, this a lot is how can you get it to that level where you've, they feel like you, they know you. So then when they meet you, they're like, wait, haven't we met before? Yeah. Yeah. It's that relatability, right? It's like, it's like building that audience. That can, how do you make that connection with the fans, bro? That's why it's like it's BTS. It's like 
being it's being personable right like mm-hmm. how do you be someone they can relate to and then when you meet them you shoot the shit yeah. or you can grab a drink like that's hard yeah to, yeah to create that connection but if you do like you're set it's so funny bro uh, i'll share a quick story me and uh, me and kenny were at uh when back when he worked at good life we had the good life and we were lifting um uh, and um so, some guy came up to us and me and kenny had no idea who this guy was and uh he's like yo bro second floor podcast cassius what's good man how you doing <laughs> he's like oh bro how the rentals going like he's talking about my home rentals because i posted it on my on my story way back in the day and he's talking to us like he knows us bro and i'm looking at kenny like who is you know like i'm like yo like what's up how you doing like whatever this guy's acting like we know him and I had no clue who he was. And That's after cool. that, after we had like a five minute conversation, he left and he was doing his workout. And I looked at Kenny, I'm like, do you, do you, do you know him? He's like, no, bro. I don't know who that was. And we just burst out laughing because I thought Kenny knew who he yeah, was. Yeah. He and he probably thought I knew who he was. And it was like, bro, that's crazy to think that like all this content you're putting out there and people like know you like, like that yeah. is kind of cool. And you man. never know who's watching, bro. So I always say, like, yeah, I just put stuff out. So do you guys think, um, like, I feel like from what I've heard, and I feel like I'm this way too, I search a lot of content, I take in a lot of content, but a lot of content that I aspire to kind of be like, right? Uh, Do you feel like you guys need to be, or do you feel like people need to be content consumers in order to be content creators? Yes. Because I mean, if you're not, if you're not, it's just like anything, if you're not in investing yourself in the brand you're building, or like say I'm basketball, okay, if, if, if I'm playing soccer, or just doing something completely different. How can I build in the lab? Because I'm not invested in the space. So it's mm-hmm. like, you want to be invested in content, you should consume in some capacity. You should watch TikToks to see the variation of nine by 16 content. You should watch YouTube to see the variation of long form. And you should find who's similar to me, like you just said, to see, okay, how do I put my spin on this? Or, or do I copy and paste what they're doing, but my personality is a little different, so it's gonna be better. If you're not, I, I would be confused like how you would do it, you know? I think uh, to a certain extent, absolutely, you got to be savvy. From a business standpoint, you should be savvy. Um, but I feel like from an artist perspective, you shouldn't let it change or almost get influenced by that. You can take a look and appreciate other people and what they're doing. Um, and Because it, it's easy to be like, oh, this filmmaker, for me personally, I look at a filmmaker and look at their style and be like, oh, man, that's dope. <laughs> oh, I should start doing that because it's working for them. Right. Right, or I could look at in the lab and see what they're doing, yeah. and I'd be like, "Oh man, that's dope!" From a basketball standpoint or from a filmmaking standpoint, I should do that and implement. Yeah. But you get, you can get so like, There's, there could be a lot. It'd be, it'd be a lot, and you'd be like, "Oh man, this works, this works, this works," and it, then you lose that authenticity, then you lose that creativity. It's like, man, appreciate those lanes and appreciate um, that content. I mean, oh, Mr. Beast is doing this. Oh, maybe, I, oh, you don't have to take that. It's like be true to yourself, maybe take certain things. Um, but at the same time, you should still be creative in the space. I agree. Yeah. That's, uh, that's like one of those things that I, I used to think about when people are starting up new podcasts and stuff. I'm like, did you ever listen to any podcasts prior to this? <laughs> or did you like, all of a sudden you see a whole bunch of people creating this type of content and now you're like, I want to create the same type of content. Yeah. So it was always, um, I agree with both you guys because I, I like taking things from other industries sometimes. Like I'll watch yeah. other sports, other TV shows, commercials. And I'll like, for example, the Kala titles when uh, DJ Sackman mass produced it. But yeah. m- when I went to um, Michigan, Micah was like, 
you're the guy that DJ f- first saw do this, and then he was able to mass produce it with his team, and then it became his shit. <laughs> but uh, but I got that from a furniture commercial. I was like, oh, that'd be interesting if that could like like I was just visualizing it, seeing what it would be like if if it was able to be tracked um, on like feet or whatever. But the creativity, like you're saying, like it's hard if you're looking directly at the lens of your specific industry because then you're going to be a clone more than but then i also agree that you need to be aware of yeah yeah i i think i mean even in the artist space rappers sample all the time yeah yeah. you go back and they're sampling stuff from the 80s 90s 2000s that is that's fine you know what i'm saying like i love that i love taking like oh man this is such a you take that vocal from you know a lauren hill song and you remix it and it you make it more like modernize it or trappy or whatever i think that's fine i think getting inspiration from other creatives and whatnot but i think uh at it there's a balance definitely a balance so all right, boys, we're going to wrap up one last question. I think, uh, now this is a fantastic conversation, bro. Appreciate Thank you guys. for coming on the second floor. This was fun. Um, I, I want to leave it for, for you to, you know, leave us, our audience who listens to us, um, uh, maybe some advice, you know, maybe there's, there's another Brown kid or a, a young kid watching this or listening to this who wants to get into the space that you're in a, a young baller who, who young wants brown baller. a young Brown baller, man, <laughs> spit some game, let us know, give us some advice, give them advice. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the first thing I'll say is like, Kenny says something when he was here, um, about being out, stepping outside your comfort zone. So like in the lab used to make these, you know, we're wearing a wristband. I was looking to see in the lab used to make these wristbands. You probably remember the them. deuce ones, the deuce ones. Yeah. yeah. We used to have sayings on them and our, our first ever saying was always greatness begins at the end of your comfort zone. And we ran with that for like years and our brand became like synonymous with that and being in the lab and like just pushing yourself to step outside your comfort zone. Right. So my my first thing is just that, like if you can find a way every single day to push yourself outside your comfort zone, that's how you're going to get where you want in life. It's like filming a video or it's like having a phone call that you don't, I'm sure you talk about sometimes you don't answer Kenny's calls. Like not that may not be the best example, but like, Take that, you know, there's these phone calls, like, I'm I'm regretting this phone call. Let's take it. Or I don't want to meet this person, but, like, I know I need to. Let, let's mm-hmm. go do it. Like, how many times can you put yourself in uncomfortable situations every day to change who you are? Get, get an assault bike. <laughs> <laughs> you could be crazy like this no, guy and get no. an assault bike, man. Like, <laughs> not, like, for real, though. It's, like, and then adding to that, like, once you can, if you can start doing that, that'll help you. And then, like, for me personally, like, part of creating brown ballers is to have that opportunity to not only create a platform to highlight brown ballers all over and like in different uh, industries and spaces and athletics, but it's like since by the next generation, man, it's like how much can we do to show that we're out there? Cause so for me, I was tired of like being someone in the space that I feel like is doing like, I said this on a different show the other day, the other day, it's like me and Dev have done stuff that like, people like would kill to do or to say that they created that and like the stuff we've done over the last three years especially with like our events i don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. creator class yeah, and yeah. stuff like that like we were the first people to do live stream events for creators and then pay-per-view that and then do seven more events and then bring ex-nba players and like we started creating this whole culture of like stuff that's different and fun and passionate and we love doing it and the reason i say that is because like 
for so many of us, like we're told to be like doctors, engineers, scientists, and whatever else is going to come up. It's like, you don't have to be that to be successful and to have a happy life where you make money. We all make money in our own ways. Like you guys have media companies, like I have brands, like there's ways to monetize and grow yourself that doesn't require you having to spend 17 years of your life studying and nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, I don't know wrong with people who like want to be scholars, but like, I don't think that was for any of us. Right, unless you guys are scholars. No, no, I agree. No. Totally. You know what I, mean? I always, I never felt that, I could never picture it. Yeah. When the, when the, when my manager at SportCheck said, you want to be a manager <laughs> one day, I wasn't thinking, no, I'm going to be a doctor. Yeah. Like, so for me, it's like, again, like I never, I worked a nine to five once. It was like a summer job. Which uh, one? The WCB. Cause my mom used to work at the workers' compensation board. Mm. So I basically would get the hookup for like a summer job. Oh, and never, not a real summer job. Not a real night. I was going to say. This was summer night of Yeah. And I did that shit. And I think I was like, I don't know. I was still young, probably like 18, 19. And I realized right then and there, like, this is never going to be for me because it's cubicles. It's like nonsense. It's like the same thing mm-hmm. every single day. And I was like, I, that's why I appreciate our parents so much, right? It's like, they grinded that shit, man. Like, see my, like my mom and dad, like do that same job for 30 years. Yeah. And I can't even like sit in a room for like two hours. It's like, how did you do that? Yeah. But they just grinded it. Like their mentality was so different than ours. So for us, like what I'm saying is like, we're taking what they're doing, putting our our flavors, our spin, our spices on it and doing it in our way. And hopefully like the next generation, our kids will take that and they'll keep building it. But I feel like it's important for all of us to like own that we're creatives. Yeah. We have to own it. Cause like a lot of us don't own it. And a lot of us are, are afraid or hide it. Cause like maybe we're not that successful yet. I'm not that successful like at all. Like I, there's so many things we want to do, but it's like you still gotta own it because we're doing things that no one yeah. else is doing. You know? I mean, I've I've been in that scenario where I didn't own it for many yeah. years. And I feel like even the pandemic and just being around like minded guys, I've been able to come into my own of understanding how to own it because it also got to a point where I'm not trying to just survive. I'm living off of it now. Now I have the freedom to actually be able to own it. It's important, bro. It's so it's and the the that big change is actually the biggest factor now that i would say because you talked about fa- how many different businesses you've had or ideas that have failed there's so many especially in our culture when we're uh and i'm sure in many cultures but i think ours get attacked a little bit more if you're not good at this why are you doing it there's a there's a straight path to be a doctor or engineer so <laughs> there's a right so it's like oh that didn't work we told you right come back to this side so I think that that fear always kind of lingered in me where I was like, man, maybe this video isn't as good. Maybe this, maybe my, sh- my shit isn't as good as I think is, as, as it is. Yeah. And you, the mentality switch of switching into that just makes it a whole lot easier to be able to, to do things in, in a way where you're saying you can't show your personality unless you're being your authentic self. And that's why I actually respect what you've done over the years quite a bit because since I've known you, content 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 it was less about um how much how it's doing what it's doing is more about putting it out and i think as content creators we all understand how hard it is to consistently put out shit right like that that itself is a grind it's a grind man and i think the thing is is that we all have that kind of chip on our shoulder where we need to as creatives we need to continue continuously push the content continuously be and accept who we are and, and, and be that creative. Um, you know, when I was 
in the, in the, I always talk about this early on where I, I was doing like when YouTube was the the, the, the main platform, yeah. I was doing pranks. I was trying to be like FooseyTube, Superwoman. Oh, that's crazy. You know, I was doing that. I actually have all my old videos where I was doing skits and stuff. Wow. With my yeah, I, I was doing vlogs when Casey what Neistat year, started to pop up. What year was this again? Oh, this was like this 20, 2000. This showed me a, 2012, 2012, yeah, yeah, 2012. Yeah, yeah, like that around that 2010 wow. time, I was doing that shit. But why was I doing it? It was like, I want to be in this space. I want to be able to try to make a name for myself or be and, and try to push that. And I remember my parents being like, what the fuck are you doing coming home after high school or university? Right. And Not why are you sitting there and making videos or bringing people over to do skits and, and doing like... Uh, these pranks and stuff and it was one of those things of like i need to continuously learn and get better because i don't know i'm not in this how are these guys doing it and making a name for themselves or, or, or doing it? i want to do that um and it took years before i figured out i don't want to like that ain't the 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 pranks the skits the comedic stuff that isn't me i found that the music was really what stuck for me and i wanted to be known to be that artist um, or in the media space, I fell in love with doing videos and all of a sudden people started hiring me to do videos. And I was like, oh shit, I started with the love of trying to figure out how to make a music video. Yeah. And when I made the first music video, I was like, oh, I fucking love the, the, the creative aspect of making it. And so I think you need to be in the space long enough to start seeing those lanes. Because if you aren't, you're just sitting from the outside and be like, oh, exactly. I wonder what a podcast would feel like doing. I wonder what, oh, making merch would feel like. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like us in this room, we're, we've been in this shit. We've experimented enough. We're not, I, w I wouldn't say we're vets, but I would say yeah. we've been in the space long enough to know what we want. And, yeah. and to, to be like, all right, mm. I, this is these are the few lanes that I really really love and I want to continue building from that. Yeah, that you, got, you got to experiment. I have a hot take. Maybe it's not a hot take. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the aunties will hot take takes. Yeah. Bro, hot take. Kenny's gonna be so sad. Yeah. He's like, bro, I missed the hot take. Connie, this one's uh, sorry, Connie. Kenny, this one's for you, bro. So it's like, I fully agree that being an entrepreneur is harder than being a doctor, science, whatever the other flip side is. I'm basically in there's two worlds, right? There's the auntie or the mom's world and dad's mm -hmm. world, and then there's our world. Mm -hmm. I know this side is way harder entrepreneur. Cause like every day we don't know what's happening. A lot of times it's paycheck to paycheck or like zero to zero. Cause you're not making any money. And it's just like a constant grind of like not having a blueprint. Whereas like you just said it, you know, the other side has a blueprint Yeah. because it's go to school and do X, Y, Z and just study for 12 hours a day and do it. So again, I don't know if that's a hot take. If you guys agree, no, bro, I feel. there's yeah. like, uh, if you're a doctor, there's systems around you being a doctor. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to create those systems and also fill the roles. Yeah. It's no disrespect to anyone doing that. So I always want to say that. You guys I are think, it. yeah. Yeah. Bro, keep on saving my life, please. <laughs> 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 if I show up with a, with some shit wrong, you better, better not be like content creator yeah, or doctor what makes the world unique if you like have a deeper conversation about it later it's like you think about people who are doing all these jobs right there's like janitors and there's um cleaners and then there's doctors and there's people who work nine to fives that save on foods you know, running the tills and it's like stalkers in the back and it's like it's crazy to think about all the roles that people are filling in life mm -hmm. and then as you you know go up and you think about like what we're doing it's like there's no stability there's no nothing behind it so you could always fall back to do that but it's like do you want to like yeah live that life and do that and the deeper part for me it's like it's crazy to think about there's how many billion people in the world think about all the roles that are filled mm -hmm. that you don't want to do but they're being filled by someone who either has to do it or actually genuinely 
because some people do like doing those types of things yeah because they're simple and they're chill i think that comes from just like how you there's going to be certain years of getting to a point where you just get wired a certain way right like um i was watching a show i forget what the show was but a mother this was just blank tv and a long time ago but the mother was like i'm just not wired to be a mother like you are right the way that uh your kid looks at you or even the way my kid looks at you so i was just thinking i was like man i agree with that statement because after a certain point you're your subconscious mind all these things i was telling Oma this previously on a podcast where i wonder sometimes when i read the power of habit or atomic habits like if we have habits that form over 15 years for example how long does it take to get rid of those habits and how long do those temptations come back so i feel like once you get wired to a certain point say 30 years in now you don't have that desire to be an entrepreneur right? You're more okay with filling those roles. That's why I think certain people love doing what they're doing because they grew up a certain way. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you on that. It's funny because there was a, there there was an article that was talking about, um, and I don't quote me on this, but I, I saw it. I saw it on uh, IG. So I don't know how, 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 how so, <laughs> I don't know if the sources, but basically they were saying how like, um, C plus students, uh, are the ones like the C plus students are the ones who usually uh, tend to build brands, businesses. C's get degrees, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 the A B students are usually the ones that actually fill those roles, or are, are yeah. the ones that work, are the workers, are the guy, the people that are actually doing the the, the gigs, which is interesting because A and B students are really good at taking direction, and they're really good at executing on the blueprint that we talk about, right? Whereas the C plus students, they want to do shit different. Yeah. They want to experiment. They want to try something different. They want to get out of that system or be creative or have different ideas to implement certain things. So they, they're they the ones that usually become the visionaries or the entrepreneurs or the the people that live that kind of unstable insta- mm-hmm. life. But they're the ones that are the visionaries or they create the businesses. But the ones that actually do the work are actually the, 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 the guys that are in tech or um, filling those roles and really executing to the finish line are the ones that are A and B, A and B students. That's I agree with that. Just, just I do too. I've heard the same thing. Yeah. I've heard. Uh, Which is crazy. That's yeah. a cool. That's and like, cool. for example, my mom, A, uh, a plus student. She has a medal from, uh, from being an engineer and uh, electrical engineering. My dad, I don't think had the same metal, right? My dad runs a company, his own business. He And the way his mind works is very similar to how we're talking about, I bet you, dad, I bet you, you had some C's. <laughs> but, <laughs> he ain't gonna admit that to you though. <laughs> uh, but the way that, like, I think even when I was in college, I'm taking classes that I'm not giving full attention to because I'm trying to learn Lightroom. I'm trying to learn Photoshop. I'm trying to learn all those things in class and then still pass the class. Right. So it's just it makes it makes sense where when your mentality is just kind of shifted or why, why do you guys think that? Because did you guys feel like that pressure inside you? Like, I just don't want to be doing this simple shit. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's pressure is the right term, but like I, n- I just never wanted that. Yeah, I never wanted to be like a simpleton or whatever the term is, you know, I, I worked way too many jobs to realize what the shit that I don't want to do. Mm. Like I've literally, bro, I've worked every single job. I worked, uh, my first job was KFC Taco Bell at 13 years old, Beautiful. right? And my first, like my manager, she wasn't racist, but she, 
I don't know why she hated me because my cousins worked there, but yeah. she bullied me, bro. She made me do the di- she made me do the dishes, scrub, you know, scrub the floors, man. And like from that moment, as I started to work, I worked at Walmart, Superstore. I worked as a dishwasher, bro. I worked in a donair shop, bro. I've worked every job, bro. I've mowed lawns. The city of St. Albert, I mowed lawns, bro. And I was every time I had these jobs because I had to work, I was like, this is the shit I don't want to do. Why can't I create videos? Why, man? I man, I remember mowing the lawns of St. Albert, of the public properties and be like, man, it'd be dope to be able to make videos for a living. Like, how sick would that be? In my head, I remember, and I had a degree. I finished my degree. I had a biology degree from the U of A. And I'm sitting there, man, like trying to pay off my loans and stuff. And I'm like, man, how sick would it be to have a media company? How sick would it be to be on YouTube or make a podcast and stuff like that? But that itch was in me, bro, because I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be this. I don't want to do this, man. So I feel like, I mean, that for me, that was the trigger for me. It wasn't really about the like, oh, like, you know, not doing the simple things. It was like, I did the simple things and I fucking yeah. hated it. You just went through trial and error, basically, of understanding what you do and don't. Exactly. And I say there's like people who get C's, whatever. I always tell people C's get degrees. Mm-hmm. I love everyone. If you have a C, I want to be your friend, bro. That's <laughs> yeah. how you finish school. Because yeah. like, we're dreamers. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember you just said that story about doing stuff in class, Photoshop, Lightroom. Like, I used to be in class just dreaming, bro. Yeah. I didn't know what, at the end of that 50 minute class, I didn't know what the hell was talked about because i would be on youtube i'd just be like in my own world like how do i how do i get out of this situation and like i have another hot take sorry that I'm, i keep talking we can stop it no no, 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 no keep this, going yeah, uh, keep going I have a hot I, take. this is this is so brown we say bye and then don't end up there. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the after the end scenes yeah. <laughs> like an hour of content uh the hot take is this i don't think all right hold on, hold on. I don't want people to think it's like a bad thing, but it's like maybe it's not. I don't believe in school. I don't believe in, I bro. This is this is why we were <laughs> part, we two, part three of that. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, to a certain point, there's. I'm not, I'm not saying everything and every subject is wrong and bad. I'm just saying like, if you really think about like the stuff that you learn in school and what you're taught, like, I'm telling you like none of it really matters. And then especially when I got to university, I did like my management degree and like marketing and commerce and stuff. It's like. Nothing that I ever learned in four years of Grandma Q and not one thing can I wholeheartedly say I put into any of the brands I built. Yeah. Other than like, well, you learn how to work in a team a little better. But I play basketball, so I already knew that. Mm-hmm. I've genuinely never like saw anything. I learned international business, supply chain, like all this shit, marketing. And it's like all the shit I learned, none of that fucking matters right now because they didn't have TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram and all that stuff when, when I was in school. Not yeah. that I'm hella old, but it's like, they didn't they didn't teach it right there wasn't no. a book on tiktok so it's no. like not nothing was taught to us that we're applying i, I always say there's the uh, being academically smart and then being street smart street, yeah exactly you know yeah. the street smart is what they that you don't learn you gotta you gotta be out on the streets you yeah. gotta learn you gotta be aware and i and i tell my sisters this because my sisters are, are great academically but they don't know nothing about finance they don't know have a clue of taxes. That's like my wife. That's like Ambika, yeah. They have no clue about they don't know <laughs> so like a real thing. Yeah. It is, bro. And I'm like, you're so good. You get 90s, 80, yeah. A plus, A plus, A plus, but you don't know a thing about your taxes. You don't know a thing about how to save money. You don't know a thing about investments, bro. And it's and that's that's real life, bro. Yeah. That's real, man. And and they have no interest in and in, they have no interest in learning. And I and I push it, I pump it all the time, like, yo, like start an investment account do this do this it's like it goes over their head bro uh awkward 
I was going to say another hot take. Um, Hold on. Before we switch to hot take, I completely agree that, um, like, for example, universities, school, schooling itself isn't really a thing unless you're trying to be something specialized where it's life or death where like yeah. being a doctor exactly. so yeah. there's certain things that i just wouldn't want you to practice off of youtube and just fucking do a yeah. surgery on me, right yeah. you have to get that real experience but like there's there's a lot of things that i've learned in uh that people have gone to school for and it would always used to piss me off i'm like man this motherfucker is, has a degree for this why why do i understand how to do it better than he does because there's a lot of information out there where you can literally learn everything. And I think that's why creator economies are becoming so so much bigger is information is out there that if you really wanted to learn, it's out there for you to learn in a concise manner where you don't need to go to school. And on top of that, if... Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought because I heard the kids. <laughs> but no, let's, let's switch to the next hot take. Well, All right, so... Yeah, my next hot take is the fact that, and I've I've read, I've seen videos on this, read articles about it, is the fact that like, the major, the reason school is structured the way it's structured, is so that basically more workers can be made. Yeah. Right. It's like more people that can do this stuff. Matrix. That, yeah, it's like matrix, like more. And if you actually think about it, like, look, I'm not trying to get into any theories and conspiracy stuff. It's just like, nah, bro, get into that, it. I'm into that shit. Uh, I am too. But it's like that shit makes sense, bro. It like, does. If you really think about what you're learning and like what how how you go to school what you do in school like the whole process of it like nothing about it is like actually like creative or thought-provoking or making you like step outside of your comfort zone it's all just like two plus two and here's this periodic table and like i know that there's certain ways where they're trying to help you find out what you're gonna become or what you like as a kid which is all fine i'm not knocking anything but i do think a hot take is like that it's bigger than that it's like you're going to school so that you can just become another worker in mm -hmm. the matrix of the world. And that's why a lot of people are homeschooling now because they want to control what their kids learn. Or like, I'm seeing stuff in the States now where like kids are having mandatory, like, or parents are giving them mandatory, like two to three times a week. It's like an art class. It's like this building class and it's a coding class and it's all this stuff. It's like, you're never learning that stuff in school. Yeah. You have to step outside to be able to create that, especially as a parent in this day and age. Yeah, and it's scary because like you leave your your kids. This is what I had this, this conversation I had with my mom was like, "Mom, you guys moved to Canada, G Grandpa, like all our families, the elders, they believe in the governments because maybe it was less corrupt. Maybe they left the countries that they were in to come to a country where it's less corrupt. But at the same time, there's corruption everywhere, and I think that even in schooling systems, it starts getting trickling down. And if you're sending your kids to school, you don't even know, like you're not even controlling your kids anymore because I remember having conflicting arguments with my own parents. Whereas now I look back, I'm like, why did I think those things the same way that I used to? Because my parents put me in a city uh, that was completely foreign to me, a different part of the world. And that control is like very scary because like you said, everybody ends up fitting into a role and they end up doing that their whole life, right? And if... There's so many different ways to uh, teach kids. With Zane, I always, what I used to do with him, because I enjoyed creativity later, I would give him a headphone, he would get a headphone. We'd listen to lo-fi music, eyes closed, 10 minutes. Write down a story, what you just thought of. Create a story in your mind, visualize it, write it down, and then we're gonna say it out to each other. So like little things like that made him the, like very creative, right? And it's, I think stuff like that just never is taught in school. 
this this kid drew a dragon that he kids are driving uh kids are saying i drive to school drawing drawing cars and shit he's on a dragon to go to school my mom's like draw a car why are you saying you you take a dragon to get to school i was like no nah, dog what kind of dragon was that yeah, that's creative man right so i think kids get put out of that box because they don't see the value behind it and now as we move further and further into this day and age creativity is the shit i love creativity and it feels freeing because it feels like a party is trapped otherwise yeah i always say that childlike childlike um mentality you know because children have that they don't know right from wrong they don't know they're not quote unquote civilized in a sense they just try and they fall down they scrape their knee they get back and they do something different you know, and I and, and and I think about that, and it's like, how do I, how do you implement that in your in your business, in the music you create, is just being free from the restraints, and being able to express yourself, or uh, you know, have that mentality of learning from others and and opening up YouTube and kind of going through different rabbit holes and being oh NFTs, oh crypto, oh carnivore diet, right? Like just like being open to that. Mm-hmm. And, and allowing you to get different different perspective and just being childlike and being like, all right, let me let me be able to try this. You know, let me, oh, this guy's using this financial thing about investing. Oh, maybe it might work or no, that makes sense or maybe it doesn't make sense, right? So I feel like if you're restrained in the role of being in school and all these different things of just working those jobs, you start to have these invisible chains mm-hmm. and you don't even know it. You have these invisible chains, you just yeah, work and- fact. And you can't, and at a certain point, you get kids, you get wife, kids, house. How how the fuck do you get out of that? Then you have this man. midlife crisis at yeah. 35, 40. And you're like, man, oh, I wish I would have started that business. I wish I would have started that podcast when I was 25 or 20 or whatever. Yeah. And you don't even realize it. That's the cra- That's the scary thing. It's is- scary because I think so many people have that, that yeah. thought and that regret, bro. That's actually scary to think about. Very yeah. scary. How many huh? people you know that are having that right now, they... You're never gonna know that they're thinking that or experiencing that. Too, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with myself earlier during the pandemic where I I had the same thought, and I was like, you know, if all if everything fucking fails, at least I loved what I did, and at least I enjoyed trying doing what I want to do, and I found a way to survive because isn't that what a nine to five does for you anyway? You're trying to survive in this world. Facts. Put food That's on a the deeper table. way to look at a nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, trying to survive. You are. Yeah. Like, how many people do you really know enjoy their nine to five? I I could say I would say that I know more people that hate it than they love. Yeah, it. for sure. Well, you know, one thing, you know, one uh, shout out to shout out to my boy Encore. He he was the one that got me out of this space of um, he, he opened my mind. Last year, I went to Dubai, first time, and you know, I asked my buddy like, "Yo, what do you do?" And he's like, "Oh, like I'm, you know, I consult for 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 the banks out here, blah 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 blah." I don't really know what that means, yeah. right? Like, what does that even mean, right? So, anyway, long story short, I go visit him in Dubai. Wanted to take a take two weeks off and just get out of the out of the Edmonton grind, right? And bro, like, you go there and like, I'm out of my element of like grinding constantly, and that allowed me to have this like bird's eye view of like, what the fuck is my life? What am I doing, right? And then I look at this guy, and he's like, he's consulting for for banks out here. I'm like, bro, what? Like, how did you even get this? And this, and again, like making a great living, doing what he's doing. And it's just almost like a digital nomad. It's crazy. Like he's just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to be here for a year or two. Maybe I'm, you know, I'll go to Saudi. Like I worked in Saudi for a year. I'm working in Dubai for a year. I'm going to go back to my hometown of San Diego. 
And it's like, how how are you doing? He's like, bro, you you guys in Edmonton, bro, are just like <laughs> in this I'm bubble. You, bro, it's a bubble. Yeah. It is. And he's like, you don't even know. And I was like, how'd you even get this opportunity to be out here? He's like, bro, LinkedIn, bro. I was like, I just wanted to look at some uh, some Saudi Arabia companies that I felt I just want to be out here, just try something different. Messaged the company, sent my resume, XYZ, got an interview, boom, I'm out of here. And it's like, you don't even think how simple it is to, to, to get out of the bubble. And even my dad said, this is so funny, man. He's like, he's like, man, he's like, he's like, if I was you, why? Like my dad said, my own dad said, he's like, if I was you, why, why are you doing this video stuff here? Why aren't you going to California or going somewhere else to do it? He's like, he's, I'm like, I'm like, and that started making excuses for myself. I'm like, oh, you know, like work, clients are like, bro, he's like, it's a plane ticket away. Just get out. Yeah. And my own dad said this. respect to your dad for saying yeah. that. Right? Because he eventually accepted that I'm in this space before yeah. he didn't accept it. Before he was yeah. just like, what the fuck are you doing? Got to make money, X, Y, Z. But he realized that I'm just in it and he knows that I'm in it. Like I'm not getting out of the space. Yeah. And he's like, why are you staying around Edmonton, bro? Just go out and experience other places. And, and he's like, he's like, it was harder for me. I came with a shirt and a pair of pants. And I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Coming to Canada, don't know the language, mm-hmm. trying to survive. He's like, you don't have that. You're al- you're surviving already, bro. You're good. Yeah. Get out of your fucking zone. And him and my and and my buddy on crew, I was like, man, this is the the amount of opportunities that are out there that we don't even know. Yeah. That we don't even experience and 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 push ourselves out. Just like you being in LA for for a few years, bro. That changed your mindset. That's why 